0: Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook.
1: As we do on a Tuesday, we like to check in with Alex Cook, our Ask Alex segment. Our talkback line is open right now on 1-800-316-316. You might have a question or a comment about finances. And in the meantime, we're going to be talking Alex's top biblical investing tips. Alex Cook, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be back with you. Alex, uh, the world is looking more uncertain. We've been talking about that over the weeks. Uh, Interest rates likely Mm. to rise again today here in Australia. Uh, However, there are some timeless investment truths, wisdom and strategies that we ought to be able to call on to get through these times. Uh, A special welcome along to you. Where where do we start with talking about uh, some top tips on biblical investing?
0: Mm. Well, look, I've broken it up into three different categories. Um, And some of these themes within these people might be familiar with, um, and some not necessarily so much. The first one, first category I've called is using our time wisely. You know, when you're investing, uh, the reality is it takes time. (laughs) The Often, when it comes to investing, we're in a hurry. You know, we've got a, an idea or a tip from somebody, and we, you know, we want to get on with it. We want to make money, um, but reality is uh, investing is a, is a process that takes time and skill. In fact, uh, from a, a biblical perspective, the the, uh, the way I love to think about it is from the the parable of the gold bags. We find that in Matthew twenty five, um, and really, it's a great passage on stewardship and stewarding the various things that god gives us and uh, some of people may have heard their pastor preach on on the three t's as i call it you've got to steward your time your talent and your treasure and uh, when it comes to investing there's a bit of all three you know you've got to take time you've got to use some talent and and, and learn some skills and of course you've got to use the treasure that god's put in your hands as well But this category, though, of time, probably the first key tip here, and this is one uh, most of us would have actually learnt in primary school, believe it or not, and that is harnessing the benefit of compound interest. Now, all compound interest is, um, as Albert Einstein said, he said it was, I think, the greatest maths discovery of all time. I think he's even supposedly quoted as the eighth wonder of the world. Um, But compound interest is simply earning interest on your interest. In other words, if you have an amount, let's say you invest $100,000 and it earns 5%, okay, you get $5,000 in your first year. In in the next year, you'll earn interest not only on your principal, but also on the interest you earned last year. So it's just a simple uh, concept of earning interest on your previously earned interest. But just to give people, uh, I guess, a glimpse at the power of compound interest, if we go back and rewind in time to 1900, the year 1900, and imagine you just had a single single dollar. If you'd invested that single dollar in the share market, today that would be worth close to $750,000 from one single dollar. So that is the, the wonder of compounding. The same thing occurs with the bank account, although obviously interest <laughs> these days isn't as spectacular as it's been. But the point here is you've got to let time do the work. You've got to invest in something and it can be cash, shares, bonds, various things. And you've got to allow time to do the work because essentially compounding, you know, it gets to the point where it starts to grow up exponentially. So it's a fantastic way to build wealth uh, and it just takes time.
1: Interesting, uh, isn't it? The younger you start, the better. Around compounding, sometimes if you remember back to what you did learn uh, in school, uh, the thought was that you did put your money in the bank and that's where compounding was. You're saying here, Alex, all of these other dimensions, compounding is important as well. So compounding works across all of the investment strategies we might have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about the share market, most uh, companies uh, produce uh, what we call dividends. In other words, that's your share in the profits of a company. And you can reinvest those dividends back into those Shares. Um, Many companies offer what they call dividend reinvestment plans. And essentially, that's a form of compound interest. You're taking the, the profits and reinvesting it back into it. And over time, it grows. And, you know, historically, the share market and property as well have been fabulous long term investments that benefit
1: from compounding. And as we talk about these things, Alex, a biblical foundation for them. So uh, for those who are thinking that, well, you know, we shouldn't be talking about investing money and accumulating wealth because somehow or other that's got some evil aspects to it, uh, this is very mm. much a biblical thing for a foundation in how you actually manage and steward your investment.
0: Exactly. I mean, look, this is a very common concern amongst Christians, uh, and it's probably because there's such mixed teaching out there on money in general. Um, but the common concern is simply that um, as Christians, we shouldn't accumulate wealth. Um, and I love the the quote from John Wesley, where he says, uh, you know, he's attributed to saying, uh, make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. In other words, there's an element where we've all got to earn it, Uh, and then we've got to grow it, and then we've got to give it. And so I would argue that's a biblical responsibility. Now, of course, you know... We don't grow wealth just for the sake of it. It's got to be grown for purpose. Uh, You know, we're not trying to be the richest man in the graveyard because you can't take any of it with you when you you go. And of course, as believers, we want to sow into things that have lasting value. But you've got to have something to sow. And so, to me, this is really just, you know, classic stewardship of taking what God's put in your hands and trying to, to grow it and then to, uh, you know, to grow it, invest it and to uh, then to give it, you know, we want to use it for purposeful activity. So wealth accumulation is fine. So long as it's other people centred, you know, it's, it's God centred, it's not centred around your, you know, your personal uh, kingdom.
1: So uh, growing wealth is all good and uh, from time to time you need to remind yourself of the intentionality that you have in your pursuit of wealth because uh, all sorts of things can overtake that. Hey let's move into some more of these principles uh, for investing. Some of your top tips uh, is one I've got in front of me here. Time in not time ing. Uh, Don't time markets. What do you mean by that?
0: Yeah. Look, this is a the probably the classic mistake that people make. You know, these days we live in sort of a twenty four hour, seven day a week news cycle. You know, we're bombarded with news, whether it's on social media, um, you know, radio, etc. And so we're surrounded by information. You know, we live in that information age, where we're surrounded by it. And as a result, there's a real temptation to sort of think to yourself, okay. Um, I'm going to rely on that information to make decisions as to whether now is a good time to buy or sell. And my experience, and certainly the uh, experience of professional fund managers, they'll all tell you the same thing, that it's near on impossible to time markets to try and work out. You know, if you ask me, Alex, what's the share market going to do today? My answer is I wouldn't, wouldn't have a clue. If you asked me where it's going to be in a year, I still wouldn't have a clue. If it's in 10 years, I'd say, well, look, more than likely, based on probability, it's likely to be much higher than what it is today. But you, you can't know that for sure. And so the point here is you just need to invest and invest in good quality things rather than trying to time it because you'll, you'll end up building up a lot of stress uh, and probably not gain any real benefit from it. Um, as I say, most professionals will tell you that you can't do it consistently for a very long period. It's just too
1: hard. Time is an interesting thing, and uh, there's a number of dimensions to time around with our thoughts on investing.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, look, I think... um uh, ultimately, the key with investing is you need to have a long-term focus to it. You know, When we look at history, particularly investing in the share market and indeed property market, over a, a rolling sort of a 20-year period, there's been no periods of negative returns over those longer periods. In the short term, you know, we can all point to things like the GFC and, and negative events, but over the longer term, these things take care of themselves. So to me, this is an issue of time works on your side, but you've got to have that long-term perspective. And then of course, as a Christian, I think there's an extra dimension to that. And that is the eternal perspective. And that is that you're using your money in such a way that you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not just investing here for my own personal benefit, I'm investing here because I want to sow into kingdom things. In other words, things that are going to have an eternal impact. you know, and so that's to me uh, the, the key issue with time is taking and, and investing is this having this long term perspective. Don't get caught up in all the noise that we hear, you know, day in day out uh, through the, the news cycle.
1: Okay, a long-term perspective, and for the Christian believer, an eternal perspective. Let's talk about the sorts of things you might invest in, the choices you make around asset purchases and those sorts of things. Alex, this is the second category that you were talking about.
0: Yes, I've called the second category asset choice. And uh, really, here, you can break it up into a few things. And the good thing here is the Bible actually gives us fantastic wisdom here. And uh, many people may have heard me quote this one before, because one of my favorites is Ecclesiastes 11.2, where it says... Invest in seven ventures, yes in eight, because you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. And of course, the last couple of years, most people have felt like there's been endless disasters, whether it's wars and COVID and all these things we're we're sick sick of hearing about. But really, this is just biblical wisdom uh, staring us straight in the face here. And that is this idea that we need to diversify. You know, what I find that people do, and this is a real trap, is they tend to fall in love with one particular investment, either the share market or property, and they tend to not budge, they tend not to invest in anything else. And the danger here is that what you don't know going forward is which asset classes are gonna give you the best returns. Because every year it varies and it can vary quite dramatically from year to year. And if you ask anyone, you know, which is gonna be the best investment this year, shares, property or bonds, the short answer is no one knows. And so the important thing here is to diversify. Um, Diversification reduces your volatility. You know, a lot of people, particularly at the moment are concerned about the uncertainty of world events. So you, you can deal with that through diversifying because that's gonna reduce your volatility and reduce your risk. So that's a really important one. And that kind of then flows into the second. And that is that when it comes to choosing assets, you need to understand this concept of risk and return. And uh, it's that classic case of the higher the potential return on investment, the higher the risk. And of course, you can run into the the, the dangerous category, which is, you know, it sounds too, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. but the important point here is if you're gonna invest in low risk assets, then like say cash in the bank, uh, which pays very low, then you're gonna get low returns over the long run. If you take a little bit more risk over time, so you invest in shares and real estate, then yes, it's a bit more risky, yes, it's volatile, they can go up and down in value and so forth, but the returns over the longer term are gonna compensate you for that additional risk you're taking but you do have to take the longer time frame and particularly important when you think about the context of the purpose of the money you know I often get young people come to me and you know they say 25 and they say i want to buy a house in a year or two and i say well you've got to put it all in the bank because if you put it in the share market you run the risk that you're going to lose money in the short term if they say to me actually well i don't want to buy for 10 years i say okay now you can take a bit more risk and invest in more growth assets Um, so it's understanding these dynamics Uh, and choosing your assets wisely and and diversifying to make sure that you're minimising your risks.
1: Our talkback line is open on 1800 316 316. If you have a specific question around finances, let me ask you one here. Alex, given that you've got a history, you were a stockbroker in your early years, there's a saying that says buy in May and sell in November – uh, cycles <laughs> cycles are very interesting and, and some people uh, use those things as a rule of thumb. Any thoughts around cycles and where we might be even right now?
0: Yeah, no, look, it's a great question. And so, look, economics and investing... Uh, are just ruled by cycles you go through periods in fact if you look in scripture uh, and uh, you know israel as a nation going through periods of disobedience to god and then coming back to god um it's the same thing with investing and economics you get periods of setbacks such as you know recessions and that's certainly been talked about uh, quite a bit at the moment both here and, and offshore and uh, the reality is often these cycles are opportunities, I think. You know, you want to, we look, we all want to try and time the cycle, but that's, as I say, very, very difficult to do. But the important point here is most cycles are just short-term setbacks. So if you get a recession, you get a downturn. If anything, those things are great opportunities to acquire assets at lower, you know, at lower prices in a low point in the cycle. What you wanna try and avoid is getting carried away. When times are good, people get carried away, they get exuberant, uh, they get greedy, uh, which is obviously something the Bible warns us very clearly against. And they think that the future will just be guaranteed. And that's very dangerous as well. So very important to understand that there is a cycle to investing and economics. uh, Boom bust, you know, you hear that sort of expression. Um, Same applies to shares and real estate and all of these things. and uh, all it really means is ultimately you've got to accept the fact that these investments go up and down and that you want to have a long-term view to how you
1: hold them. Interesting, just to stay on a little aside here, as you're sharing all sorts of wonderful wisdom here, the thought of greed and, uh, and uh, the sort of biblical sides of uh, generosity in all of that, Sometimes you've got to be able to monitor that greed in your own life uh, because it can easily get a hold of you if you've got something to invest and you want to get into a cyclical way of doing things and all of a sudden you find that there are some things that work and maybe I can leave God out of the equation and uh, work very hard to accumulate wealth for the wrong reason. Any thoughts here on that? Really, it's like an emotional thing too, isn't it? Uh, A greed that can overtake you.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a great thing. One of the things, and this is where it comes to investing in wealth creation in general, the Bible has, it never criticises wealth creation in and of itself, nor does it criticise the idea of having money. What it does do, though, is gives us lots of warning messages about what can happen to us when we fall in love with money and, and you know, we, we become greedy. Greedy is this sort of insatiable desire for more. And as you, you, you sort of rightly point out, it's something you've actually got to monitor in your own your own life, because it's very easy to be seduced by money. Money is ultimately very seductive, and I think what tends to happen is that over time, as we get a bit of success, whether it's business success or investment success, we become overconfident and we start to believe it's us, not God, um, and and that we forget God, and it can have a very negative impact on our relationship with God. In fact, one of my favorite verses is Deuteronomy 8.18, where it says, remember the Lord, for it is he who gives the ability to produce wealth. And what happens when people get wealth is they forget the Lord. You know, they start to think it's themselves. You know, they start to think they're a self-made person. And that is very dangerous. And uh, it's a road to being humbled in the future. And um, But, yeah, as you say, we need to guard our hearts and we need to to monitor this in ourselves. And, uh, you know, hopefully either we have a spouse or friends and so forth who can hold us accountable and make sure we don't get... carried away because that's where wealth is is dangerous it's it's a good thing as a good tool but it can be dangerous if uh, we let it let you know let ourselves get seduced by it
1: well the third of your three categories is around emotions controlling your emotions uh, biblical foundations here what ought we understand as christians
0: Mm. well look this is one of the biggest barriers to sound investing is people's emotions getting involved in the decision making you know I love Matthew 6 you know when we get told don't worry about your life what you're going to eat or drink or your body what you're going to wear because God is you know ultimately going to provide for us he's our heavenly father he feeds the birds of the air and so he's going to look after us as well so that's what we need to remember and worrying it just has a enormous negative impact on your decision-making. And so, unfortunately, because of the way, you know, the media paints things, you know, when re- you get recessions and you get stock market crashes and these things... Um, people's emotions get very much involved and they they panic so you know the classic one is the stock market's fallen 20 or 30% and so what are that what do they do they sell sell at the bottom rather than doing the exact opposite which is looking at it rationally and saying well actually now things are 30% cheaper so it's that kind of glass half full versus glass half empty kind of thing uh, and that emotion can have a very negative impact On your ability to invest well. In fact, in the stock market, you know, you mentioned I was a broker. One of the the classic cliches in the stockbroking world is that the stock market climbs a wall of worry. And what people say when they what, they what they mean when they say that is there's always something to worry about. You know, if you think about today, you know, we're talking about interest rates rising potentially this afternoon. You've got inflation concerns. You've got uh, recession. You've got war overseas. We've got food shortage. You know, there's endless things that you could worry about. But the thing about that is that will paralyze you potentially and either make poor decisions or avoid making decisions at all. Um, and so that's where emotions uh, can come in and have a really negative effect. And so one simple tool here is to, I say to people, don't actually watch your investments that closely. You know, Make good sound investment choices, buy quality assets, whether it's shares or real estate, buy quality and hold them for the long term. But don't watch them every day. Don't log into the stock market every lunchtime to see what it's doing. Because if you do that, you're just sort of feeding these emotions and these fears and uh, you're likely to lead to, to poorer decision making over time so yeah don't let your emotions get involved
1: we must mark a note for another day because there's a whole different uh, angle that can uh, that can spring from this conversation because as I understand it and you might know some more about this Alex but technology today has artificial intelligence monitoring and anticipating the future of you know stock markets and investment markets and uh, there is a sense in which big business and uh, wealthy investors are using all sorts of other technology so it's not just about the emotions uh, the machinery gets in there and actually anticipates that for you I don't know is that a big dimension we could Mm. explore sometime
0: well it is roughly 80 percent of the trading on the U.S. stock market is computers trading amongst themselves (laughs) <laughs> that's, how, that's how huge it is it's, it's massive um, and so yeah that's certainly a topic how, how technology interfaces with all of this and how, how you can also use technology to your advantage as well so um, yeah big area
1: We'll tackle that on another day because there are all sorts of things that people can use and access, uh, apps and uh, all sorts of uh, websites that can help people do that sort of thing. But we'll, we'll save that for another time. Alex Cook, always so good getting your insights. And let me point listeners to how they can connect with you. Uh, you can visit the website wealthwithpurpose.com wealthwithpurpose.com, lots of free resources there available to enhance your biblical understanding of how to use your wealth and how to accumulate wealth. You can follow Alex on Facebook or on Twitter. There is an wealthwithpurpose.com email.